everyone. Welcome back to Therefore Podcast. I'm Megan Martin. I'm Judy Mustang. And we are um, back for a summer edition, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, Judy and I have been talking about this for a couple of weeks. And um, again, we've had illnesses and trips Crazy. and all kinds of fun stuff. We keep busy over the summer, we do. don't we? Um, but something that we had talked about previously that we really wanted to uh, talk about on here is the idea of a hardened heart and not so much. I think what we were saying is not so much that when God hardens hearts, which we know he does, he's talked about that like in the Bible, Pharaoh is probably the most prominent example of that. Right. But, but really when believers harden their hearts, what do you think causes that? I think we have silent expectations, silent expectations. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes you know, we, this is my, I, my opinion, but I think sometimes we have these expectations of God and, and people, but if we're pertaining to God and our heart hardening in that area, I think sometimes we have these ideologies or expectations that we think God should meet. And, um, when he doesn't meet them, then we make what I call monuments of God didn't answer that prayer here. So he didn't answer this prayer here. And so I'm not going to pray here and so you you really make monuments of what god didn't do rather than memorials of what he did yeah and i think um that causes us to harden our heart and i always say that you know god is not on my payroll (laughs) and you know he's not santa claus he's not a genie in the bottle and he um he you know he's not required to do everything i ask him to do and he sees things in a completely different realm than I do. Um, and I have to trust that when things don't turn out like I want them to, or if I've prayed and it doesn't come out like I think it should have, that he still knows more and better mm-hmm. for me and for my life and not to harden my heart just because it didn't happen the way I want it to. I always tell people that I, when I go to restaurants and I get something bad, it doesn't keep me from going out to eat anymore. I still go to McDonald's even though they mess up my order. Thank you. 20 times out of Thank you. 25. Yeah. And people do that with going to church too. You know, they'll go to church and have a bad experience and then they'll just be like completely off of going to church. And well, I'm not going to church because I had a bad experience. Well, I, I had a hypocrite in church. Well, I, I, there's hypocrites in Walmart, but I keep going. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know? I mean, true. there's hypocrites everywhere I go. I mean, if we were going to be truthful and honest, we've probably been one ourselves. Well, you know, if I'm, you don't want to be hypocritical about that. Thank you. <laughs> you know, and so I think... You know, we just have these expectations of people and, and of God. And when people don't meet them, we sometimes we just, and when God doesn't meet them, we, in a sense, write them off and our heart gets hardened toward God or Christianity or people. And Yeah. I think sometimes, too, it comes from a place of busyness mm-hmm. and lack of prioritizing, which didn't we talk about that on our last episode a little bit about like the what's your priority? What's really your motivation? And I think that um, I know I get stuck in this whirlwind that if I don't take, if I don't set my schedule in such a way that I'm going to prioritize God first thing in my day, it's not going to happen that day. And if it doesn't happen that day, it's less likely to happen the next day and the next day. And so it continues to get worse to, till I get to a point where I'm like, I've shut myself off from from interacting with God in that way. And then I reap the consequences of that. And I don't like it. No. I was, I'm like, I've been down this road before. Yeah. Why do I keep making that wrong turn? Because it is a wrong turn. It is a wrong turn. I think that comes with the, um, and I know I've talked about this book a lot. I probably need to just link it in the show notes, but um, John Mark Comer's The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it kind of stems from that whole idea that if if Satan can't, um, pull you away, then his next best thing is to distract you, yeah. like make you think about things that aren't, that shouldn't be your priority. And maybe that's not so much as a, of a hardened heart, but it is in the way that it, um, it kind of takes over everything. You spend so much time focusing on the things that you've agreed to do, things that you've committed to, things that you are, you know, you get sucked into, like, even if it's stupid things, like just being on social media, yeah. like, if I get up in the morning and I jump on social media first thing in the morning, my day's lost. Thank you. 
it yeah. just is. And that's me as a as a guys I'm about to throw it out as a 40 year old woman. That's me. That's I can't it. imagine what happens to our teenagers, to our young adults who. Well, it's so easy to be distracted. Yeah. And it's so easy to, isn't it crazy that we can scroll for 45 minutes <laughs> and go, oh, I was just going to be on here for yeah. five minutes. Yeah. And then in the next thing you know, I mean, you know, half an hour has passed. And, and really, if we would, like you said, just kind of take that time and um, prioritize it away for the Lord. You know, we, we were studying last night in um, our Bible study and it was said, if prayer was your job, would you be employed? <laughs> it always makes me think of Jesus taking. Yeah. To, can you not even pray for a half an hour? Thank you. Can you not even just stay awake for half an hour? Yeah. yeah Which, crazy. I, ironically, it's something that I kind of struggle with. Those nights that I have trouble going to sleep, I intentionally pray myself to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like that's my focus is to put myself in that it shuts off my brain and makes me focus on one thing. And then I, I can trust that God's going to handle the rest. But then there's always that part of me too. That's like, Oh, this is exactly what Jesus said. Not to do. <laughs> yes. A little so different human. though. I think Our human shines. Through. Yes. Yeah. Our human shines through. We, uh, when we were talking about this earlier, sorry, my mic might make a noise. I've got to adjust a little bit. There we go. Uh, when we were talking about this before the episode, you had brought up, so Proverbs 4, 23, I believe. Yeah, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart, which really, I mean, that's a lot of things, but protecting it from becoming hardened towards God, towards church, towards, and I don't mean like a church building, I mean like towards, towards church. Pe- yeah, yeah. Church, yeah, towards yeah. people. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a... Uh, one of those things, sorry, my husband is also texting me and it keeps popping up on my phone as I'm trying to look at these <laughs> verses here. So many times it talks about God hardening hearts. And really that's more of a, he gives them over to the desires of their heart, that thing that we... I mean, if it, yeah, if we're so determined to do yeah. the opposite of what God asks us to do. And really in that... I We I, do have free will. We do have a free will. And you know, here's the thing is God really, all he wants to do is protect us. Yeah. You know, but if we're determined just to step outside of that protection piece, um, he's going to allow us to, to do that, which is, is tough. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think the hardest thing you could ever do is, is let me, have, <laughs> let, let me, me be in charge yeah. of myself. Yes. I mean, seriously, <laughs> like, don't, don't do that. I mean, seriously, like pull me back in because the hardest thing that you could ever do is leave me to myself. I make bad don't. decisions sometimes. Yeah. Don't leave uh, me a to lot myself. Of times. Yeah, don't leave me to my thoughts. Don't leave me. Don't leave me there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. God, pull me back out of that. And I think that's a dangerous place to be um, as in anybody's life. I think that's why, at least for me, I spend a lot of time praying for God to protect my heart. In fact, that was actually like my quote unquote theme for a semester of college, maybe even a year, was guarding my heart. And it was during college when like, you know, everybody's coupling up and and people are stressing out about tests and assignments and are trying to find shortcuts. And I had to pray myself against that because college isn't always easy when it comes to like, you. at least for me, I'm one of those people who puts, I put weird pressure on myself. And it's not because I I think that I, I can handle that pressure. It's because I have this fear of failure. <laughs> I mean, that's truly it. Like I have a fear of failure and um, and it causes me sometimes to make not such great decisions or to not make decisions at all because I'm afraid of failing Yeah, in that. Which in essence is a decision. It's disobedience, Yeah, ugh, which we've been through yeah. so many times in our conversations. But yeah, um, but this whole concept of guarding your heart, if you can start there because the heart is fickle. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it does not lead you straight. It doesn't tell you like it is. It, it will lie to you and um, it will lead you astray if given the opportunity to do so. And I mean, I think that's why so much of our of our scripture focuses on creating me a clean heart, creating me a pure heart, protect my heart, guide my steps, all those things. Because like you said, if left to my own devices, I... I will fail, which is ironic because that's my fail, my my fear. Isn't that crazy? As thank you, 
don't leave me to myself. Yeah. Just don't leave me to myself. You know what? You were talking about guarding your heart. And in Philippians 4, 7, it talks about the peace of God will guard your heart. And when I think of something guarding something, obviously my, my oldest son is in the military. And so I immediately go to that militant piece of when I think of somebody guarding something, I, I think of somebody, you know, setting up a roundabout yeah. and securing that. And, and the Lord's telling us, I need you to do that with right. your heart. And then, it, and he says that the peace of God will guard, will set a guard. He said, I will set a guard upon your heart. I will protect it from those things. My peace, you know, many times we run from that um, when we shouldn't, but really to set a guard upon our heart. And I mean, how do we do that? How do we guard our heart from those things? I think some of the things, some of the reasons or some of the ways that we can um, guard our heart is to be careful of the thoughts we entertain. I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges we have as people mm-hmm. is um, entertaining thoughts um, that don't line up with the word of God. You know, the Bible says to think on things that are lovely, think of things that are good, think of things, you know what I'm saying, uh, that are pure. And I don't know that that's our first. <laughs> that's not our go-to. That's not our go-to. You know, and then in essence, when we um, entertain thoughts that are that are not godly or that are not helpful to our situation, we go into a downward spiral and it takes us down paths that God never meant for us to go down. And literally, it will navigate the direction of our life. And sometimes that navigation isn't good. Right. So I think that's probably one of the hardest things that we have to guard our hearts against. Because literally, we're guarding our heart and mind. Yeah. You know, because whatever you think on long enough will enter into your heart and then eventually come out your mouth. And so I always From the overflow of the heart. It is. I tell people, I said, I can locate where you are, where I am by how I talk about a situation. I can tell where you are in your healing by how you talk about that situation. I can tell where I am or right. where I'm not by yes. what comes out of my mouth. And I have to be very careful about entertaining things that are not good for me, mm-hmm. um, that are not good for those around me, you know, but if it takes me into a place that God doesn't want me to go, then I'm, I'm, I'm entertaining things too much. And then I'm not guarding my heart. I'm really just opening my heart up and saying, please shoot me right here. Right. Well, and if it, tr- if, if it truly is, and I, I believe it is because scripture says so and life has proven it to be true from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in your heart comes out your mouth. And we, we've talked about this. I don't know if we've ever talked about why we don't speak negatively. You know what I mean? Like you don't speak things out and it's, it's not because I believe that if I speak something negative out into the world that the universe is going to cause it to happen. But Satan is prowling around waiting to devour and his job is to steal, kill, and destroy, right? Like, so anything that I, and he's not omnipresent. We've talked about this before, I think, or at least you and I have. I don't know if it's been on the podcast or not, but Satan is not omnipresent. His demonic beings, helpers, are not omnipresent. So they can't hear what I'm thinking. They don't know what's in my heart. But if it's there in my heart so much that it comes out my mouth, well, I've just helped them a whole lot. Yeah. Because I've, I've told them. You're just giving them ammunition. Yeah. I mean, really. And so like, no, I don't think the universe works to cause things to happen because I say it's going to happen. That doesn't mean that Satan can't take what I said and help it along a little bit. Oh, he will. He will. Yeah. And not only does he know that that's a fear or that it's your thought process. and Well, and the Bible does tell <laughs> yeah. us that, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And, the, and it talks all throughout Proverbs about how um, you will eat the fruit of what you yes speak. You know what I'm saying? You'll eat that. You, I always say that we move in the direction of our sound. We move in the direction of what we say. You know what I'm saying? If we continually say that we're not going to make it or we're going to go down or I'm not going to be able to do this, you will move in that direction. You will always move in the direction of your sound. I mean, your, your children will move in the direction mm-hmm. of the sound that you put over them. And by sound, I'm just saying words. You will move in the direction of your words. You will move in the direction of what comes out of your mouth. I always tell people that all of creation is designed and purposed, uh, you know, to 
it, it has to move by the word of God. It was right. created to move. Everything that he spoke to moved. Life became because he spoke to it. You know, our, our words are very, very powerful. So right. we, and, and so that's why I believe that we have to be so careful about what, what we think about. I always tell my boys, you need to think about what you're thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because if you're not careful, you're going to get yourself in a position and you're going to be hardened toward people. You're going to be hardened toward church. You're going to be hardened toward God. And most of the time it's because of a point of pain that's come into your life. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel anyway. That um, And because of that point of pain, if I don't handle that pain correctly, then I get myself into some trouble. I have found that for me, one disobedient step often leads to another. So if I am neglecting what I'm supposed to be doing, whether that's by distraction or design, I often continue that path to the next disobedience step Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And so I have to, and a part of that is taking every thought captive, which we always like to stop there, take every thought captive, but the next piece is important and make it obedient to Christ. That that's the verse. You don't get to just like, Oh, I'm just going to stop thinking about it. That's not what it is. It's, it's taking that and saying, no, that's not true. That's not truth. Thank you. This is what's truth. Well, and once again, and when you think about taking a thought captive, I don't think of something nice. Right. <laughs> you know, because yeah. when I'm thinking of somebody taking me captive, they are doing it against my will. I mean, they are literally like moving me. Right. You know, and if we have, if we can think of, you know, it's not just an easy thing to take a thought captive. You know what I'm saying? You have to, you know, right. like I always say, my Aunt Glenda always tells me, Judy, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from making a nest there. You know, and I think the same is true for our thoughts. Yeah, our thoughts are going to come that are crazy. Yes, but you have a, you have a will. You can, you can say, no, I'm not going to think on that. I'm going to think about something else. I'm going to turn on the radio. I'm going to listen to worship music. You know, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to, I'm going to do something else, but I'm not going to entertain those thoughts. I'm not going to talk about that one more time. You know what I'm saying? I'm Mm -hmm. not going to relive that one more time because every time I talk about it, every time I relive it, I establish the roots of it in my heart. And if it's not good, then all I have done is created a root of bitterness in my heart. Right. And or lengthened, lengthened the root of bitterness. Lengthen the root and yes. help us, Jesus. You know, then I got to go through the whole process of repenting, you know, <laughs> right? And, you know, I mean, seriously, then I got to repent because I took an offense. Literally, it's like I take an offense and I plant it deep into the depths of my heart and I, and I root it down there. And then I have, I, I have this, you know, root of offense and bitterness and resentment and anger. And literally, if I'm not careful, hatred growing right. in the depths of yeah. my heart. You don't want to water that. Glory, oh, but how do we do gardening, that? Huh? And we, we water it by reliving it. We mm-hmm. water it by talking about it. We water it by thinking about it way too much instead of turning our thoughts toward the Lord, you know, because sometimes we want to just be mad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a whole theory that sometimes you just need a good cry. Yeah. Like sometimes you just need to be angry or bitter for a little while. Yes. That's not where you, No. That's not the goal. No, I heard somebody say the other day, they said, cry a river, build a bridge and walk over it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's what we need to do. Yeah. Cry the river, build the bridge and walk over it. You know what I'm saying? Just keep on moving. Hard things happen. Tough things happen. You're going to feel justified sometimes yeah. in the things in you the want anger. to yes. think and feel. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm not saying you're not even justified. I'm just saying it won't do you any good. Right. <laughs> you know, if you hold on to it, you know what I'm saying? That's uh, a good way of saying that. You might be justified, but it's not going to do you any good. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's one of those like life phrases maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because sometimes it's just. I'm not going to lie. My husband fair. has to hold me back on this sometimes. <laughs> like we'll be out and about and whatever happens. I'm like, <laughs> I'm laughing because literally there are moments when he's like, oh no. Like he tells me, yeah, he's like, if I ever going to fight, it's going to be because of me. (laughs) I think that's wildly over-exaggerated, but that's what he likes to tell people. And it's because I, I don't have always a great control of my tongue. I don't. And there are moments when things happen that I'm like, I'm going to 
I'm going to say something about this. Or I do say something about it, not directly to the person though, but I'll say, say it to Justin and Justin's like, do you know how loud you're speaking right now? <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. Because in the moment I'm like, I'm completely justified in what I'm saying. And there, and then there are moments when he goes, okay, but it's not going to change anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for taking the wind right out of my sails <laughs> on that because for a brief moment, I feel justified. I know. I know. And we so want those moments. I know. You know, we really do. That's but human nature and us too. It is. Doesn't do as much good later. But, you know. I know. And really, what have I done? I've made someone feel bad or I've made them angry. Yeah. And it, that's not going to help or anything. I've spoken really ugly about them and – Right. I still have to, you know, the end result is I still have to repent. Yeah. I mean, I still have to go back. I'll still feel bad later when I'm thinking back on it. Yeah. I mean, if I after the moments where I go, oh, I should have said. Thank you. She can always think of the best comebacks. I know. Later. later. That's probably a good thing. It probably is. Yeah. I mean, because sometimes I don't need to say that. Piercing things that we want to say later. You know, what is it? The tongue is. What does it say? It's, It's in Proverbs, I think. Where it talks about how the tongue can pierce. Pierce, yeah. 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 Can. Well, you know, I don't know. We can always hurt people so deeply. Um, and many times when we're hurt, we just want to lash out with Right. That. Hurt people hurt people. I do. I yeah. really hate those cliches, but like, it's, so true. it's true. Yeah. It's so true. Instead of, I don't know, sometimes I just have to, my biggest thing when I'm hurt by people i have one i have to pull myself together because my human shines through instead of my jesus and i need my jesus to shine through um because i want to say things that probably aren't real godly and um or maybe i want to respond yeah in a way that's not appropriate and good that that the lord would approve of is what i should probably say and you know if i would just handle it the way the lord wants me to handle it he will deal with them and their heart. Seriously, if God's not big enough to deal with somebody's heart, he wouldn't be God and we wouldn't be serving him, but he is. Right. You know I'm saying he dealt with mine when I was in deep, dark places. And thank goodness it's not like, quote unquote, karma. Yeah. I kind of hate that, like that we give. So it's, it's almost an idol. Yeah. Like, oh, car- karma will get them. Well, karma's not real. So that's God. Like, don't give God's characteristics to things that aren't even in existence. For some reason, we've come up with this, excuse me, this word to describe when we think that people get their just desserts or whatever, like, and that's not. Man, aren't you glad that God Thank God grace. he doesn't handle it that way. Thank you. And because I'm, otherwise he would do that to me. I mean, really, if we think about it, there's a lot of things that we deserve. Oh, yes. And I'm so glad but he did not give me what I deserve. I'm so glad for mercy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mercy is not getting what I deserve. I mean, seriously, none of us would deserve heaven. No. You know, none of us would deserve many. There's so many times in my life I look back and I think, I'm so glad that you gave me grace and you gave me mercy when I did not deserve it. You know, and yet sometimes we want somebody else to fall or we want them, mm-hmm. you know, to stumble or, you know, that really right there should tell us something <laughs> about going our, on heart. our hearts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when our heart wants something bad to happen to somebody else, or we're happy when something happens to someone that maybe hurt us and we're, we want to laugh because they maybe had a, a relationship go bad on them, mm-hmm. or maybe they lost something that was dear to them, or maybe they, their job they got fired from or, or they got embarrassed and you just think that's really, um, a great thing. I, man, I really think we need to check our hearts on that because that tells me that my heart is so far from where Jesus wants it to be, that it's really scary that my heart wants bad things to happen to somebody else. Or at least wouldn't be opposed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, we, I've, I've seen it where, where we get excited when somebody falls Mm -hmm. or they fail. Um, and that's because we think they deserve it. Yeah. And most of the time it's because those people have hurt us in some way. Um, again, one of those justified yeah. situations. Yeah. We think that, and it's so not, it's really not an attribute we should have as a Christian, you know, even beyond thinking of like not deserving of heaven, which 
clear, right? But that whole peace that we were talking about at the beginning, the peace that guards our hearts, yeah. we wouldn't, yeah. we don't deserve that. Yeah. Could you imagine? And I know we can't imagine. There are lots of people out there who are living without that peace. And we've all been there, right? That's not a good place to be. Yeah. That is that lack of peace. And it truly is a peace that surpasses understanding. I don't mean like a peace or a contentment in the morning or in the morning, in the, in the, in the moment. I mean like the peace that happens when it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, when you can hold on to that peace when things are going completely awry, that's a different kind of peace. The peace in knowing that God's in control He's not shocked by anything that's going on in that moment. He's not um, like thrown off like, oh, no, I had no clue that was going to be. Yeah, he's never surprised by that. And when we can find comfort and peace in those moments. Those that's the peace. That's a peace we don't deserve. Yeah. But I'm so thankful for. Oh, my gosh. I am. And I'm thankful for those moments like you said that i i des i deserve something else yeah and and he saw he saw me and um you know really david had it right when he said created me a clean heart and a right spirit within me you know i find myself saying that a lot yep i pray it a lot yeah yeah created me got a clean heart and a right spirit a clean heart and a right spirit they're two different things you know it is. And um, many times when things kind of overwhelm me or maybe I get frustrated at people um, or situations, I I find myself saying, God, please create in me a clean heart and a right spirit. Let me handle this the way you would handle it. Let me handle people the way you would want me to handle people, um, how you would deal with these situations. And, you know, because sometimes, I don't know about you, but in my life, I find the hardest things for me are when people hurt me. Yeah. And maybe they didn't do it intentionally. Some people may not even know they hurt me. I don't even know. Um, But I found that I want to move away from them. I don't want to really talk to them. Of course not. Yeah. I just want to move away. Yeah. And I want to, I just don't want to mess with them anymore. And I don't know that that's God's, purpose and plan for me to do all those things but I'm just telling you when my heart gets hurt that's what I do but that's when I say I have to like really just kind of dig down deep and say okay God what how would you have me to handle this situation how would you have me to handle this person or persons right and help me to do it in a right way and trust God that he can change situations and that he can change hearts you know (sighs) I mean that's a big deal I laugh only because I lived this like the girl who God used to really bring me closer to him, man, when I say I hated her before God worked, man, I don't know that, like, you know, parents are always like, oh, don't say hate. Don't say hate because that's a strong word. Oh, it's a strong word. And I felt it. Like, I hated this girl. And God totally changed the dynamic of our relationship. You know, when she invited me, and it was in high school, right? She invited me to go on this trip with her. I must have been the only person left in our friendship circle because there is no reason this girl should have ever invited me to do. We we did not get along, like staunchly did not get along. And I won't even say that it was like an immediate, you know, like, oh, here it is. Like suddenly she's going to be a best friend. The girl ended up becoming my best friend though. Like wow, completely changed the dynamic of our relationship, changed me, like used her to, to get me to notice him. Wow. But I hated her. So yeah, God can change wow. relationships. God can change situations and dynamics. And, and I think our heart has to be open to that. Yeah. You know well, you know, God told me. He must have like, he must have brought like an ax to, <laughs> to my heart because it was locked up solid. 
There wasn't going to be a way of getting in. <laughs> Such a great analogy of how we <laughs> how we roll. Yeah. Really, I mean, it's seriously. not like a knocking at the door. No. It's like, okay, I've got all these, I've got all this equipment here. What's it going to take? I see all the men with the pole, like yes. coming to the door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's been my heart. I think on several different occasions, <laughs> you know. And I really think that if we're all going to be truthful. We've been there. We've been there. I mean, we have had this issue with our heart. And a lot of times we don't want to give it to God because we know that he's going to ask us right. like, to be vulnerable and to be forgiving. I want to be vulnerable. And I, I don't know. want to forgive. And I, I know. And we don't want to repent. I want to sit here in my justification. Yeah. I just want to sit here and be justified and pout for a while, I guess. Let I that root know. grow. Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that? And the Lord's like, look, I'm just trying to protect you. Yeah. I'm trying to protect you. This is the reason I say these things. It reminds me of Jonah with his um Help me Jesus. Yeah. With his anger Thank towards you. the Ninevites sitting out there. And I've shared this with you. Maybe I've shared it on here. When I talked about that with my youth group kids, they were so heartbroken <laughs> that he took away Jonah's little plant. <laughs> that when he killed the plant, that was like it's almost like Castaway. Justin and I watched Castaway this weekend when Wilson floats away in the water. And, you know, the, the spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie that's now 23 years old, I'm sorry. But Wilson's a volleyball that, you know, Tom Hanks finds on the Anyway, when it floats away and he's heartbroken, I'm heartbroken. I cried because the volleyball floated away. You're telling me I can be upset that God allowed you know, a ball to float away, or he took away Jonah's plant because and, he loved the plant. And it was all about his heart. It was all about his heart. He's like, dude, I'm trying to he, like get you to see there. What's funny and ironic about that whole thing is that he did what God told him to do. And then he sat there in anger and bitterness. Yes. Just what? in awe that God was going to allow these people to turn to him. Well, and God even asked him, he said, does it do you well to be angry? <laughs> oh, so again, how's that working out for you? Yeah. I mean, I was like, wow, that's very good wording, God, per se, <laughs> you know, and he's, and he's like, yeah, he said, I'm, I'm angry enough to die. <laughs> so like, I'm like, really? <laughs> the determination there. I'm like, you're I could just sit here and die. speaking to God about this. He asked him twice. He said, does it do you well to be angry? I'm like, dude, when God asks you one time. You should have right. clue. You should have been like, oh. Thank you. But when God asked you twice. And it's not like Jonah was all on board with this. He's like, all right, I'm going to go do what you've told me to do. Jonah had already stood in so much disobedience. Well, he did. And <laughs> that one step after the other, like, it was serious for Jonah. <laughs> and, and Well, and, and the, this hard thing about this situation is God asked him twice, does it do you well? He's going through all these things. Because he's work, trying to work on Jonah's heart. And we don't hear from Jonah anymore. Ever again. Like, like what don't happened? Go is, through Jonah school. Is Jonah going to be in heaven? Are we going to get to ask him, I, dude, what were you thinking? Yeah, I want to say, does it do me well to be angry? <laughs> <laughs> how's that working out for you? So you got a little bitterness going on towards somebody. You know, how's that? Does it do you well to be I angry? Mean, like, really, we all need to go to Jonah school. I just think it's funny that's like, I mean, it's not funny. It's not funny. It's ironic that he did what God wanted him to do. When there were no other options, when clearly, he, I mean, he was swallowed by a fish. Thank you. And at that moment, he was like, I guess I better do well, literally, what God he said I need to do. created his own need for a breakthrough. Well, yeah. Seriously. But even after doing what God told him to do, he was not, his heart was not in the right place. Thank you. And the whole time God was trying to- Which is incredibly scary. Thank you. Well, and everything, all of his decisions and his anger- Look at all the people it affected. Mm -hmm. So the, I mean, the far-reaching consequences of sin. Thank you. I mean. It's a real thing. Even the whale. I wouldn't want to swallow a dude. No. Like, and then it's not even like nourishment. Thank you. <laughs> then he can't. Um, he's got to vomit him up. You know. That's not fun for anybody. No. I, I have a friend of mine actually look up if whales vomit. And, say, and you know. Not that you know it, what it, happened? I, like. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it was a whale. It was a big fish. But hey. Sure. But like, I mean, it legitimately happened. Like, well, they said they do can. They can vomit. It's just rare. I mean, with a person, right? Yeah. It just happened. Like, I mean, I'm saying yeah. just happened, but like, we're not talking like Jonah. We're talking like it's happened since then. Huh? That big That's fish, cool. I don't know, remember what it was, swallowed someone and like spit it out wow. and that they were still alive. But they had like burns all over their bodies, maybe from like the, the acid. acids. 
which makes me think, did Jonah have Thank you. He Acidic didn't have burns? a campfire with s'mores down there. I right, mean, which is what we like to... Yeah, in our little... What is up with our VBSs? I don't, well, but... you know, what is our felt boards? Yes. Our little felt boards. We with want to put little, up Jonah with the campfire. With the little you know, campfire like, inside the wheel. Mm, I don't think that's how it works. You know what I'm saying? I, would, <laughs> I, I love it. I don't know. But I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, Jonah, all the people had like some crazy stuff where you had to get thrown overboard because you didn't follow God. Right. So all of those people had to deal with your they rebellion. stuff. Thank you. The fish had people. to deal with your rebellion. Yeah. Yes. The people. And then all the stuff. And that, how many people died waiting you. for Jonah to show up and do what he was supposed That's to do? That's what I'm saying. I mean, I, you're sitting here. Th- you know, here's the thing. God's like, look, I have some things for you to do, and I really don't need you to waste this time. I don't need all this drama. Thank you. <laughs> Could you I just do it? I do not it? need the drama. <laughs> you know, and literally, I mean, we're, he's never – heard of again it's never says that he repented right. it never says that he turned his heart it never says that his heart was like, softened all i'm of legitimately sudden. questioning yeah. whether we're gonna like i mean i have no idea i don't know it's gonna it's be crazy. one of those questions that i'm gonna be like where's jonah well that's why he says guard your heart guard your heart it's really it's so essential that we 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 guard our heart in all it, these matters it doesn't take evil no. very long or it doesn't Mm-mm. take much effort to latch on no it takes a little bit of hurt, yeah. a little bit of pain, a little bit of anger, I a little bit of justification. It is. I always say that it, there's like, you know, when you, I, I've been gardening some. And so when you poke at first, like, you know, that whatever spade in the ground, whatever you want to call it. Um, to me, that's what happens mm-hmm. when it's usually a fence or hurt. We get hurt. Have you seen, probably not because you park on the other side. My husband bought me some mammoth sunflowers, and so we planted them on the other side of the house. They are now like well way over my head. They have not bloomed yet, but do you know how small those seeds were to plant this thing that is now taller than me? It's good. That is going to – the blooms are supposed to be like 14 inches in diameter, all from this little bitty seed that I planted literally – a couple months ago. It doesn't take much. Water and some sunshine to make to make plants grow. It doesn't take much to make our bitterness or the hardening of our hearts, which is ironic because you were talking about your winter squash earlier and about the difference of the shells. Maybe we have winter hearts. That's what I'm saying. Well, you know, isn't it crazy that things, you know, the Bible says that, that the things that grow and they said that it's the seed that's within itself. The seed is within itself. That's how it can be planted right. and regrown. You know, what's the seed that's within us? What if, what are we allowing to develop in us? You know, what seed is within ourself? I mean, is it good seed, bad seed? You know, what's growing? You know, and sometimes we have, the, you know, hard hearts to me would be like, those hard grounds, you know, mm-hmm. you know, even the Bible says that we have to break up the fallow ground. You know, the boys' dad um, was a farmer, and I can remember riding 12 hours a day. Oh, gosh. Breaking up fallow ground. Like, we would go through the fields one way, and then we'd turn and go through another way, and we'd go through it another way. And, and sometimes the ground had to rest. You know, you couldn't plant right. that same uh, produce on that. You, could, you couldn't plant that, that, that crop on that field um, but so many times and then you have to let it rest or you'd have to rotate the different crop that you put on there and so you know we have to be I mean if we have to be so careful with the land why why are we so nonchalant sometimes with our heart I mean there's lots of things that the Lord is really trying to protect us from trying to keep us from like I think sometimes we go down roads that we don't need to go down or we stay down roads like you know it's a wrong turn but you keep going yeah, and we kind of go in circles right. in, in a maze, and we wonder why God's not letting us out. And he's like, dude, I told you like, you know, two years ago <laughs> yeah. to forgive that person, and you still have been holding that against them. You know, and here's the thing. We always, we know this, but unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping somebody else will die. Really is not working out for us. Um, I don't know why we hold those things. We sh- There are things that we should not hold. Um, there are things that we hold against people things that we hold against church. And ironically, those are the things usually that have hurt us the most that are the ones that you need to let go of the most. And I don't mean let go of like, I don't say that flippantly, Mm -hmm. 
But I mean, those are the things that you need to work on the forgiveness piece because it will take such a root and it'll be a fast growing it will. seed. It will. And it'll come out of every, man, I'm telling you, if you will think about somebody that maybe you have hurt toward, I want you to just think about how you think about them and how you talk about them. And that will tell you immediately if you have a root of bitterness, if you have something inside of your heart, because if you can't talk about them with those, with pangs of hurt coming out of your heart, you're, you're not in a good place in your heart. And those pangs of hurt are anger. They are. Maliciousness. Mm -hmm. Because they hurt us. Because they hurt, right? And hurt people hurt. Yeah, they do. Really, it's in those moments. And and I say this because I've done it. But it's because I haven't taken that time by myself alone with Jesus and said, okay, God, I, I can't <laughs> Deal do with this. me on this. Deal with me. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> usually, I don't know. If usually we, we don't like that. No, if you're like me, I've I've talked about it. I've thought about it. I've talked about I've it. I've talked to everybody about it. else about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't go and seriously have some crazy alone time with Jesus because I knew that he would deal with my heart. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to let go. I'm yeah, justified. Yeah, I want to justify it. And you know, here's the thing though. When I stop, because I've run to the end of my rope and the Lord's been dealing, dealing with me this whole time about getting my heart right with him. And yet I've been running because I don't want to listen to Jesus right now. I just want to be mad. And so I go, y'all, we know what we know. <laughs> we know. Yeah, yeah. And so I, and so I go finally and I just, I have to just lay it all down and said, you know, my heart's wrong. I feel this way, but my heart's wrong. And, um, God, I need you to forgive me about those things. And he, he always, always changes. He always comes. He always answers. He's so good and he's so mindful. Sometimes I wish I would just do it sooner. <laughs> yes. Why did I hold on yeah, to that for so long? Because sometimes I wait weeks. Um, sometimes I fight. Yeah. I've seen some people fight years. Mm -hmm. Still mad at their uncle's brother's sister's cousin that hurt them from years ago. Sometimes they don't even remember what they got hurt over. It's just dumb. It breaks up whole families. Seriously. It's just dumb. It can break up whole families. I mean, I don't... People are worth more than that. I mean, we call them dysfunctional families and we say that everybody's got them. And that's true. Yeah. It's not a good thing, though. No. And it's not something to be like, oh, yeah, that's just life. It doesn't have to be. No. I mean, we've all heard about, you know, where one brother and one sister can't do family holidays together. And so yeah. the whole family deals with the consequences yeah. of that. Thank you. Man, our decisions, even the decision to stay bitter towards somebody affects everyone. And it is a decision. It is a decision. Which, Thank you. That was good. It's we make the decision to stay mad. Yeah, we make the decision to stay bitter because it we, feels good. Yeah, well, because they hurt us. Yeah, so we think we have this right. You know, we don't have a right to keep our heart there. You know what I'm saying? Because what am I teaching my kids? <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, am I teaching my kids that it's okay to be that way? Am I teaching my kids that it's okay to live like this? Just you know, to see their mom be upset or angry or hurt. Or not want to go around somebody because they hurt me. No, that's not okay. I'm glad you brought up the kid thing because I think that's one of those pieces where we forget. Yeah, thank you. That our God is our Abba Father. Our Abba Father. Not just mine. Yeah, yeah. Yours too. That's it. I cannot imagine thinking of this very personally. My daughter, if Lene is holding on to anger and bitterness and I am watching it mess with her, you know, mess her up because she's holding on to it. I don't like that. And as a parent, I'm going to do everything I can to help her move past that and to let that go. And while that might not mean that, you know, I'm going to send her in the same place wherever that hurt happened. I'm going to do everything I can to try to ensure her healing. And I think we forget that God is our father. Yeah. Like once you're adopted in, you're adopted in. That's, that's what, the, the, yeah. that's it. I mean, he's your parent and he doesn't like you hurting yeah. and he doesn't like having infighting amongst his children, siblings, right? So while we know that 
Hurt happens because we're human. We're people. We're going to mess up. Staying in that place and not resolving that is never where God would want us to be. Yeah. Well, you know, and our kids, man, they need to see the us change in that. You know, I can remember I had an individual in my life that had hurt me pretty deeply. I was pretty angry and felt like I had a lot of justification. I'll be honest, for a while, I didn't want very to happen. You that justification. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I, I just, I made me a camp out, man. <laughs> Speaking of smarts. <laughs> it was not okay. And, um, and obviously, in some of my conversations that I thought I had somewhat hidden my children from, I, you know, sometimes, you know, the things that are in our heart will come out of the overflow of our, you know, out of the overflow of our heart, you know, our mouth speaks. And so, um, I can remember when I finally got the victory over this seriously, like got the victory and God, cause I just really just broke down and said, I can't, I, I can't keep this. Um, I'm still hurt, but I can't live like this. And, um, I can remember saying something and I can remember my kids turning around. They're like, wow, mom, you're okay. No, you know, you're, you're not, you're not angry. And I said, you know, I was wrong to be angry for that long, uh, at all, <laughs> you know, um, and I'm sorry, you know, that you had to see that in me, but I, and I told him how the Lord just healed my heart and that I had to forgive. And, um, isn't it crazy that my kids noticed the change in me? And when you look back on it now, though, aren't you so glad that you gave that over. Yeah. Well, because it... That you're not still living there. Yeah. I'm sad that my kids had to see but it, that. I know. You know, but I'm glad that they could see the Lord deal with my heart. Right. Um, you know, sometimes being vulnerable, even in front of our kids, is hard. Yeah, for you know? sure. Um, but I think it's wonderful for the kids to see, like, okay, so this is how mom dealt with that. You know, and I told him, you know what, I should have not let that go on. I... I entertained that way too long. Um, and sometimes if you're dealing with a person that hurts you continually, sometimes that's a little tougher because right. you, you, you have, have, to, keep, you have like, to really stay on top of that or you're going to, you're going to fall down yeah. that pit. And, and at that time, that's kind of what was happening is I had to, I was dealing with that individual and, and they were hurting me on a continual. And so, um, I was having to stay <laughs> just on when top you of think it. you've got it. Yeah. Just when I thought it was safe like, to go back in the water. Yeah. Um, but I just finally said, you know, God, I, I'm not dealing with this person real well. Um, and I need you to deal with me. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm obviously a common denominator in this too. So, <laughs> and in the common denominator, meaning I wasn't guarding my heart real well. And the wellspring of my life wasn't fantastic. Mm -hmm. And um, what spring I had was overflowing over onto my family. Um, I guess the one great thing about it is that the Lord did get to my heart and I did forgive. And like I said, even though I wish I could have done it sooner, my kids did see that I forgave and they seen that, that they, okay, this is the peace. This is how we handle this. We forgive. Right. We forgive. Um, you lived a life lesson in front of them that they won't forget. Yeah. And, and they seen it come out of me. They seen it come out of my talk. They seen it come out of my heart. They see it, how I respond um, to them and, and that man, I don't have anything against that person anymore. It's so incredible. It's so beautiful to be free. Freeing. Yeah. I was just going to say it's so freeing. Freedom is a beautiful thing. And, he and it's for you. It is. The truth will set us free. Man, the truth that he guards our heart, the truth that he forgives, the truth that he heals us, he heals the brokenhearted. He does all those things. That truth sets me free. And he's going to take care of you no matter yeah. what. He really will. Yeah. And I think until you go through some of those times, you don't understand that piece. But I don't think there's a person alive who doesn't go through. Yeah. I think the key word is you go through. Yeah. You don't stay. You build that bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Cry river, build the bridge and walk over. Yeah. You'll be all right. You're always okay. Jesus is on your side. What's our challenge? I you you actually said something earlier that I think would be great for that. And you had you had said that if you're dealing with somebody in that capacity, or if you have any hurt from somebody inside, 
to really kind of evaluate, examine yourself. How do you talk about them? How do you think about them? Where do you, uh, you know, where does your mind go when you think of that person? And that will tell you if you've actually dealt with it. Yeah. I always say how I talk about it tells me where I am in my healing process. Right. And I mean, so I think that's a good challenge. Like for those who are dealing with things, where are you and what do you need to do to, excuse me, to, to keep moving forward, to put that next, you know, the next log down for your bridge or whatever, like, where are you in that? And to keep going with that, take that time with Jesus, take all the time you need. Thank you. If you need a, a retreat day for you and Jesus, take that, make plans for it. Sometimes we have to schedule in our Jesus time. I do. Don't let Satan make you feel guilty about that, but do it. Like if that's what you have to do, do it. Make sure that, um, that you get that time to, to work through whatever it is. And if you're not specifically dealing with any kind of hurt from somebody else right now, awesome, but keep guarding your heart. And the way that you do that is you stay in his word, you pray, you spend that time with him, you prioritize him, which I know we talked about on the last episode, and maybe it kind of feels like this is a follow over, and maybe it is, but like, that's the important piece though, prioritizing him, because when you do that, everything else falls into place. So good. It's a big deal. I don't know when we will um, be here again. Judy is leaving us for a while and um, she's going to be a world traveler. So um, we will figure all of that out and we will um, get back with you guys as soon as we can and hope that you guys are doing well, that you are um, staying cool this summer. Don't know about you guys. We're about to have our first hundred degree days this week. Ugh. Um, but you know, I hope that you get to take some time this summer to prioritize time with God, just with him. And um, I I hope that you guys get to do that. And if you have some awesome ideas on how to do that, feel free to reach out to us. We would love to share that with other listeners as well, if you have awesome ideas. So anyway, um, we will talk to you guys later. Bye guys.